the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Truth. This is Freedom 1570, KDIZ, Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Powered by JTR Roofing. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm John Scott. Whether most Americans will receive $2,000 COVID-19 relief checks now in the hands of the Senate. President Trump has been pushing for more than triple the $600 payments approved by Congress on Monday. The House voted overwhelmingly to meet the president's demand, but Republican senators have resisted increasing spending. Texas Congressman Kevin Brady argues that there is little economic stimulus generated merely by an increase in dollar payments to American citizens. At this point in the recovery, the fact is it's hard to stimulate a Main Street that's locked down by local politicians. This won't help local restaurants get their workers permanently back or hospitality and convention industries rehire their workers for the long term. The Senate's scheduled to meet today. Also at townhall.com, a judge in Georgia ruled on Monday that two of the state's counties cannot invalidate voting registrations based on unverified change of address data. Bernie Bennett. Has more. U.S. District Judge Leslie Abrams Gardner wrote in an order, defendants are enjoined from removing any challenge voters in Ben Hill and Muskogee counties from the registration lists on the basis of national change of address data. Abrams Gardner is the sister of former Democratic candidate for governor and voting rights activist Stacey Abrams. The two counties had sought to purge thousands of voters from the rolls based on what local election officials called unreliable change of address data. The vast majority of them included 4,000 in Muskogee County and another 150 in Ben Hill County. Bernie Bennett reporting. A motive for the Christmas Day bombing in downtown Nashville remains elusive. But 63-year-old Anthony Quinn Warner, who killed himself and wounded three others in that blast, did leave behind clues that he never intended to survive. On Wall Street, stocks remain mixed. The Dow is ahead eight points, but the Nasdaq down 23. More at townhall.com. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements and today 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog and he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O vite.com freedom 1570 ringing liberty and truth thanks for joining us mr black and like it matters radio coming up next from the kingdombuilders.com studios today a winter weather advisory uh through the overnight tonight 
Could see some snow, a little blowing snow as well. Uh, we'll keep you updated on the snow amounts. Could be two to four inches, but uh, temperatures holding steady in the low 20s. By Wednesday, partly cloudy and 23. Charlie Kirk, the Charlie Kirk Show. So today I want to congratulate President-elect Joe Biden. I also want to congratulate the Vice President-elect, our colleague from California, Senator Harris. To use that word congratulations feels almost a finger in the eye of those of us that are fighting for voter integrity and also, Senator McConnell, fighting so that you can remain Senate Majority Leader in Georgia. The Charlie Kirk Show, weekdays at noon, right before Ben Shapiro at 3 on Freedom 1570. Hi, Paul Rubin here from the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC. We're proud to bring you the Pledge of Allegiance every weekday on Freedom 1570. We feel it's very important to bring the pledge back to the forefront of our daily lives. Each day, a local veteran, an active service member, or a first responder will proudly recite the pledge to kick off our day and honor our country. Tune in at 730, and God bless America. I grew up poor, which is even worse than being poor. See the movie From Poor to CEO, The Incredible Journey of Herman Cain. I've never shied away from hard work. Rising from poverty, he achieved the American dream. We'll all be able to say free at last. From Poor to CEO, The Incredible Journey of Herman Cain. Available at SalemNow.com. Use promo code Minneapolis to save 20%. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Your life changes for the better when you live each day like it matters. Positive focus, healthier relationships, and breaking free from trauma that's held you back. The time is now for Like It Matters Radio with your host, Mr. Scott V. Black. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And boy, today do we have an even more incredible hour of power for you. Uh, man, It's uh, today we're calling the show In the Shadows. In the Shadows. And it's a... Uh, Interesting way my mind works. Yes, it is. And by the way, uh, man, we are getting ready, uh, gearing up for syndication. So we need your help. Uh, we need you to to go on Facebook uh, and like us. We need to get our numbers up to in the tens of thousands. So go to like it. Uh, it is, what is it? Facebook.com slash L-I-M radio. Uh, our goal is uh, this January 15th is to launch ourselves to the big step to go to uh, towards syndication uh, by putting ourselves out there on satellite and allowing other stations to pick us up to expand our listener base. So we are so excited uh, about what 2021 has for Like It Matters Radio, uh, the impact and the reach uh, that we're going to make. And today, uh, let me tell you how we came up with the title, In the Shadows. You know, uh, uh, Val and I, you know, we have a small little house in a low-income neighborhood. You know, we're recovering from uh, uh, 10 years of not good economy. And so uh, we like to sit out there at night, and uh, our backyard's pretty dark. Uh, and uh, we'll hear these little noises and uh, don't see anything out in the yard but because it's dark out there. We'll hear these little noises. 
And we've realized what they are because we've been in this house now for about five years. And what they are is we got t- lots of little possums, lots of little possums. We've named them Steven and Melvin, and they're just uh, adorable little creatures. And uh, so we actually feed the possums and all that. And, you know, the possums are around us a lot of times, but they still get spooked pretty easy. And so when we move too quick or talk too loud, even though we're right there, they take off scurry. But they don't actually run away. They just go in the shadows. They just go 10, 15 feet towards dark where they believe we can't see them. And they're correct. We can't see them. Uh, but we know they're there. And to me, that's a metaphor. You know, there's a lot of hurting people uh, today. There's a lot of people struggling. Uh, there's a lot of people that feel invisible. Uh, this pandemic, you know, uh, we're tracking all these people that are going to die uh, with COVID, from COVID, of COVID. And again, well, no matter what you believe, it is a real virus. No matter what you believe, if you're uh, uh, comorbidities, if you're severely overweight, you're older, like in the 70s, uh, this is a deadly little bug. But outside of those things, you're safe. And the numbers have been so inflated. Why? Because Joe Biden's running mate was COVID-19. You had to be scared to death because when you're afraid, you look to the, the God of government to help you. And so now the God of government with Joe Biden running the show is going to save you all from COVID-19. You know the thing. Yeah, the thing. The problem is the numbers are overinflated. Uh, it's proven now doctors and hospitals uh, get more money, more credit. Uh, if someone has COVID, it's documented that way. You look at people who were terminally ill that were going to die anyways, uh, but they, when they died, they found out there was the COVID virus in them, so that put that as the cause of death. So uh, it, it's a travesty what's going on. But what's going on, more importantly, is about all the people in the shadows. Five million people, I think I read yesterday, are getting ready to be evicted from their homes. Five million. Uh, How many people like me are losing businesses they've had for 28, 30 years? How many restaurants are going out of business? Uh, How many people, uh, men in their 50s and 60s who've worked all their life at something, who now are losing everything they had and have no way to rebuild it? What about all those people? What about all the people, quote, in the shadows? that people don't really care about. And today we're going to be, we are so blessed because we're going to have a special guest uh, join us and uh, we'll talk about him in a moment. But as I was getting ready for this radio show, you know, I started thinking about one of the men that I know uh, who really focused on people that were in the shadows. Um, For those that don't know, I go to Sturgis uh, every year. This is, I think, was my fifth year. Uh, Part of a group called freebikewash.com. Uh, we go and, uh, we occupy a church, uh, and we've been doing this for what well, they've been doing it for 22 years. I think I've been doing it for five. Uh, and for a week we set up in a church parking lot, an entire, um, incredible what they do, uh, where we white, uh, wash bikes for free. We feed them. We uh, fix their leather. We shine their boots. There's a massage station. It's all free. They can't tip. They can't do anything. It's all about showing God's love and God's mercy and God's grace. And just like Jesus paid all, we can't do anything to add to what he did. No one can pay us money, can give us a tip. No money can exchange hands. We want to be a picture of what Christ did for us. And while I was up in uh, Sturgis, I met this man by the name of Richard W. Hedrick. Uh, And Richard Hedrick died this year. 
Richard Hedrick of Laurel, Mississippi, died Monday, October 5th, 2020, at Ochsner Hospital in New Orleans, Louisiana. He was born Tuesday, October 6th, uh, 1942. And the reason I bring this up with Richard, Richard is a, a, a great man, was a great man. And uh, actually, I have this book right in front of me that he signed while I was up there. I got a chance to meet him. Uh, and he said, Richard Hedrick, a Letters from Hell, revealing the restoration power of Almighty God to those engaged in the savage brutality of drug and alcohol addiction, sexual perversion, and poor choices. And a lot of these people are out there, more than you realize, but they're in the shadows. And what happened was uh, Richard and his wife would actually go into churches and act uh, like they were homeless. And I'm going to read something from Amazon, uh, from the uh, I uh, googled Amazon, America's Churches Through the Eyes of a Bum. And this was from 2012. It says, Richard Hedrick is a successful businessman from Laurel, Mississippi. He and his wife, Gina, has spent most of the weekend since 1998 hanging out in the lawns, parking lots, and cemeteries of America's churches, dressed not as upstanding citizens, but rather in the tattered and smelly clothes of the homeless. It is in this guise that they have experienced the shocking response of today's Sunday morning church-going crowds to people who, quote, don't look like they do rejected, despised, looked down upon by many, but loved and cared for by some. This is their true story of how God's golden rule is no longer being applied to the down and out that show up at the doorsteps of America's churches. When Jesus said in Matthew seven twelve, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, he really meant it. After reading this book, you will no longer look at uh, others the same way. And this goes on to basically explain what the book is about. He said, what Gina and I have done for 16 years is we have dressed up like homeless people. We go to a church, spend the night in the church's parking lot or on the grass somewhere. We're out in front of the church when the church crowd comes, and we get to see how they treat homeless people. Richard and Gina Hedrick say churchgoers ignore them mostly, appear uncomfortable at the side of them, or just walk the other direction. We go to the church, me and the pastor have some dialogue. He gets me up in front of the church, and I preach a message on Christian kindness, said Richard. Then the Hedricks say they get a different reaction. They slide down the pew. They start crying. You have a mixture of emotions, but people are torn up. Richard and Gina do this all across the country. And so I want you to know, really when I was getting ready for today's show, and we have a special guest that's going to join us after the break, I thought about Richard. And the work he did, he he uh, he has an organization called Hellfighters, and in uh, Sturgis, they they it's a shelter for alcoholics to sleep at night, for bikers who turn their life over to God. And when I started thinking about what we're going to talk about today with David in the shadows, and about one of his friends that he found out how great of a man this was after his, you know, we need more people like Richard, like David, who are focusing on people in the shadows who are not focusing on those that the world tells you to focus on, but the ones that are right in front of you, that are hiding right in front of you in the shadows. Because that is the living, breathing human being who has fears and desires, who wants to love and be loved, just like you do. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about In the Shadows. And after the break, if you want to tune in, we have a special guest joining us. We'll be back in three minutes. That you The stimulus and the response. There is a space, and in that space is your power, your freedom. Dr. Victor Frankel. 
In this unprecedented time of pandemics and confusion, our daily choices matter more, and they are more consequential. Times of challenge and opportunities require another set of eyes, a deeper understanding, a bigger picture, so we can live a life of purpose and passion like it matters. Mr. Black is excited to announce the release of his newest book, Way of the Warrior, a daily devotional, bringing hope and encouragement to be all that you were created to be. Each day, Mr. Black shares with you guidance from above that is educational, inspirational, and applicational. Access Mr. Black each day as he continues to help you raise your bar and become all you were created to be. Way of the Warrior Daily Devotional is now available in ebook and hardcover at likeitmatters.net. Regain and retain your power and your freedom. Order Way of the Warrior Daily Devotional and let God be your guide and Mr. Black your life caddy. Order today at likeitmatters.net. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. Okay, we were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us on Radio.com. But considering how easy it is to do, we'll just keep it simple, too. Listen to Freedom 1570 on the Radio.com app. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join Jeff Wizery for the Safe Money Radio Show Saturdays at 3 p.m. on Freedom 1570. You can also call Jeff now for your complimentary customized Safe Money Kit and 115-page Safe Money Book at 844-503-7233. That's 844-503-7233. Break free from the left-leaning bias and censorship of major social media sites and join us on Parler. Millions have signed up for the free speech-centered platform that values liberty and personal privacy. Find Freedom 1570 on Parler today. At Like It Matters, we're about feeding people, but not in the traditional sense. For it is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. As conduits, we want to feed people with hope, belief, and an understanding that they have the power and the freedom to control how they feel and the way they think. Our daily buffet of encouragement and assistance is served through our trainings, our radio show, one-on-one counseling, and sharing the word through wayofwarrior.blog. As this year comes to a close, please consider Like It Matters for your year-end tax-deductible donations. We will use the gift of your donation to bring inspiration, education, and application to those suffering from trauma tied to abuse, molestation, PTSD, drug addiction, and more. Thank you for considering Like It Matters as one of your donation destinations. To help us help others, please donate today at likeitmatters.net slash nonprofit. That's likeitmatters.net slash nonprofit. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And man, we have a special guest getting ready to join us. Before I uh, introduce him, I want to share with you quickly a poem I got off the internet from Roseanne V. Shawiak because I think it ties into where we're going to be going today on the show called In the Shadows. It says, disappearing into the sunset, no one to miss me, no one bothering to look for me, a non-existent entity with nowhere to go, hiding right out in the open, yet no one seems, sees me here. Not wanting to be asked for help by a homeless man needing some food and a place to rest his head, yet having sacrificed my life in order to protect Americans from enemies foreign and domestic. No one here to open their hearts for this homeless veteran, falling asleep beside a dumpster filled with garbage. How do you think that makes me feel? 
Nothing to show for my service. Benefits taken away and given to Muslims, refugees, Syrians, illegals. Where is the justice, liberty, and freedom that we veterans gave our lives for? Can anyone tell me? And it's so true. I know it's kind of a harsh poem, but it's the reality of the America that seems to be becoming the new America. And so today we have a special guest uh, joining us. And, uh, uh, you know, I do a lot of work with the Law Enforcement Today uh, radio show. Uh, Jay Wiley's a friend of mine. Uh, and uh, Jay had introduced me to this, uh, our guest coming up. And here's what David wrote uh, about, uh, I mean, here's what uh, um, Jay wrote about David. He said, David Usick is a retired Aventura, Florida police officer outside of Miami. During his career, he met and befriended a homeless man who was four foot nine inches in height. It turns out that he was the smallest man to serve in the U.S. military. He was Vietnam veteran Green Beret Captain Richard J. Flaherty, Silver Star, two Bronze Stars, and two Purple Hearts. Richard also did undercover informant work for the ATF. Uh, Richard had to get a special exemption to serve due to his height. Now, this is what Jay sent to me. Their friendship and Richard's tragic death inspired David to write a book and also release a documentary film. He said, fascinating story about not judging people based on their appearance or situation. And then he went into PTSD, police interactions, at times friendships with the homeless and more. And I thought, what a great story. And it sounds like what a great man. So I'd like to welcome David Yuzik uh, to Like It Matters Radio. David, how are you doing today? Good morning, Scott. I'm doing great. Thank you. And yourself? Man, uh, I am well. Man, you know, I... I I'm nothing compared to you. I'm not worthy. When I read, I did a little bit of research uh, on the movie uh, and your book and just uh, read a little bit on Amazon and stuff and just very, very, very impressed uh, with you as a as a human being, uh, as a man, David. Uh, and, man, I could just say this right now. We need more Davids, uh, more Davids, that's for sure. So, uh, you know, I, I'd like to know a little bit about you, first of all, law enforcement. You know, I think today America... Uh, is disrespecting not only our veterans, but our law enforcement officers, the job that you guys do. I love the men in blue and the women in blue. Uh, it's a tough job. I couldn't do it, wouldn't do it. And yet uh, you guys put your life on the line all the time. I was just kind of wondering, David, what led you to a, a career in law enforcement? Why did you want to be a cop? I, I think the standard answer is always, I hope for anyone who goes into the field, is always because you just want to help people. Um, it's not about putting handcuffs on people. It's about helping people. Whenever I would go to a call, there's lots of ways to resolve it. Uh, I'm, when I'm going to a situation, my first thoughts are, what can I do to resolve this situation in the best way possible? And that's what I'm hoping um, anyone who's thinking about going into a career in law enforcement is. It's, it's a great responsibility. You're interacting in people's lives, and usually at the worst times of their lives, and you're trying to help people up. Sometimes, unfortunately, they have to go to jail or sometimes um, you have to do other things. But uh, it's a noble job. It's a difficult job. Um, the public sometimes doesn't understand why we do what we do. Uh, but uh, the more we get out there and educate people, hopefully the better our relationships are with communities. Amen. And that's where the whole concept of community policing came in, correct? to where you're interacting yeah. with people outside of right, arresting them or outside of taking them to jail. You're just a normal person kind of getting to know them, correct? Absolutely, especially, you know, with the kids, and that's why a lot of our programs had to do with getting into schools, just 
so that you know young kids don't realize that anytime they see a uniform it's a bad thing sometimes we're there to help so uh that's what we want the community to know yeah my my little boy i got a, i got four kids oldest 23 and my youngest is five and uh, his name is benaya and he loves police officers. I mean, and, and you guys are so great. Whenever we go out, he'll we'll always go out to a police officer because I think it's needed to let people know we appreciate them and let them know we respect them. And he just lights up. And to see police officers deal with that five-year-old boy, they just they I've never seen one not stop, not pay attention to him, not make him feel special, not make it. I mean, it's just it, it's incredible. And that's uh, you know this first segment. I kind of just wanted to to get your take and get a feel for you as a police officer. We're gonna go into the book you wrote and all that fascinating stuff but i always like to approach it from a human side first because you are a human being you're a living breathing human being just like i am you have the same dreams and desires you want to love and be loved uh you you want to be safe you want to provide for your family just like every other human being and yet we live in a world that wants to segregate people out you know whether it's by skin color whether it's by job classification whether it's by a law enforcement or a non-law enforcement. And so as, as a police officer, is it still the case where you work a beat? Is that correct? Where, where people basically serve the same areas most of the time? Is that correct? Yeah. So where I worked, I worked the city of Aventura, which actually is in Miami. And Miami broke up into its own little jurisdictions because each little city in Miami wanted its own police department, which makes sense because, once again, going back to yeah. the community, policing theory so yes we, we would uh, patrol a, a certain zone uh we knew all the business owners we knew when things didn't look right it, it, it's important to have officers familiar with those areas and familiar with the people who you know uh, well, go to those businesses well and that's and that's what my point was going on. I was leading into this question. So you would have a chance to interact with a lot of people. So you would you would meet people who were down and out. You would meet people on a regular basis, the same people who are homeless or who are situational. And so you would build relationships, which is leading us to where we're going for the rest of this interview, correct? You'd, just, you'd get to know people and they'd get to know you, correct? Yeah, and I'll tell you something unique. Uh, when we would arrest somebody in Aventura, uh, you know, each police department has its own little procedures. I would be with that prisoner all day. So I want you to think about that, whether it was confrontational when I arrested him or whatever the circumstances were, mm-hmm. I was stuck with that person, not stuck, but I was with that person yeah. transporting them to the jail, which sometimes was in, tra- in traffic an hour and a half sitting in a car with them. Wow. Once I got them to the jail, going with them throughout the, the jail to the different areas of property and signing in. So it's an interesting job that, I mean, you can start out, to me, like I said, I was, you know, if I could resolve a situation without putting someone in handcuffs, I would I would like to do it that way. But when I did, even I would still like to change the relationship, because why? I'm going to deal with this guy again or this woman again, so yeah. why not try to have a positive, you know, relationship with them, and maybe they can change their lives for the better. So you were actually very cognizant of that, that as you're spending time with this person, even though you're in transit or whatever it is, that you're actually pouring into this person. So you're speaking life into them. You're you're talking about basic life stuff. So you're actually having a conversation and wanting to, to speak some life into that person. Is that correct? Yeah, because why? You know, we all go through dark times in our life. I don't know what this person is going through. Number two, it's actually just practicality it's safer for me and safer for my partners that this guy understands that we're not all you know the enemy that you know we understand and 
we're just doing our jobs. This is not personal. So uh, I, I just think, you know, as a human being and a practicality stance, it's the best way to go. Yeah, and that's what makes me mad about everything that's going on that we see with the media and the trashing of police officers and the basically the the wanton attacks on police officers. I've seen videos in New York City before the whole Black Lives Matter thing erupted with George Floyd uh, uh, of cops being uh, approached and th- stuff thrown at them and dumped on them and seeing these cops not even being able to react, not even be able, and people just, and these people doing it and running off laughing and people are filming it. I, I was stunned when I saw that the level of disrespect. And I remember when I was a kid, my dad told me, when you got pulled over by a police officer, they're little G God at that moment. You say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. If there's a problem, you come home and tell me I'll deal with it. But when they got you pulled over, you follow instructions, you do what they say, and you treat them with respect. Not enough parents, I think, are having that conversation today with kids. But you probably noticed that over the years, the lack of respect as you're dealing with people, correct? Yeah. I mean, look, I don't want to get too deep into the political aspect, but let's just talk about the safety aspect for us and the citizens. Compliance. Like you just said, what your dad was explaining to you is compliance. Comply with yep. what the police officer is telling you, and then you can have your day in court. You can, you can do whatever you feel if you feel it was unjust, if the ticket was unjust, if you arrested unjust. But comply. Compliance, if we have compliance and you follow the police's directions, 99.9% of the time you will be safe. And neither yep. the police officer or the, the person will get injured. Uh, it's when there's yeah. noncompliance that things get, you know, uh, sketchy. And, and not mean to be tongue-in-cheek, there's a lot of times I say, I, I can guarantee you, uh, if you follow instructions, do not attack a cop, do not attempt to steal their gun or their taser, you've pretty got a good chance that you're going to be alive today. I mean, it's it's pretty common sense, pretty basic. And uh, we're getting ready to go to a hard break. When we come back, I want to talk about one of those people uh, that you had a chance to get to know on your beat, uh, a man that forever changed your life without a doubt, and that was a man by the name of Richard Flaherty. And the, the great movie you wrote called The Giant Killer, a book you wrote as well. Man, I've heard great things, have not seen it yet, but been reading a lot about it. And so I'm looking forward to hearing about it. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking with David Yuzik, uh, and uh, wrote a great movie called The Giant Killer, a great book as well. And we'll talk to him after the break. We'll be back in three minutes. in 48 hours that changes your life like it matters leadership awakening listen to this 22-year law enforcement veteran with ptsd compare leadership awakening to other training he's received you focus on the individual i think you kind of answered the why question whereas a lot of the other programs that are out there i don't want to say they put a band-aid on it but they don't do a very good job of going into the why and, you know, why am I doing this? Why is my brain uh, revert back to the images? You know, why do I get depressed? And like you said, right, it's a choice. 48 hours. Give Mr. Black and Leadership Awakening just 48 hours and it will change the course of your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule for Leadership Awakening near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule. Leadership Awakening, where 48 hours will change your life. 
The COVID-19 pandemic is the worst healthcare crisis of our lifetime. Hospitals, care centers, and their staff are overwhelmed, and it's getting worse. By now, we all know someone who's been affected by the virus, but there is hope. Vaccines are coming and getting closer every day. But while we wait for relief, you need to do your part. Wear a mask, wash your hands, and maintain your distance. It's for now, not forever. This message sponsored by the Helmsley Charitable Trust, aired with the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Dad, guess what? What? You are going to be a grandfather. That's great. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. And I went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. Visit maketheconnection.net to find out more. At Like It Matters, we're about feeding people, but not in the traditional sense. For it is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. As conduits, we want to feed people with hope, belief, and an understanding that they have the power and the freedom to control how they feel and the way they think. Our daily buffet of encouragement and assistance is served through our trainings, our radio show, one-on-one counseling, and sharing the word through wayofwarrior.blog. As this year comes to a close, please consider Like It Matters for your year-end tax-deductible donations. We will use the gift of your donation to bring inspiration, education, and application to those suffering from trauma tied to abuse, molestation, PTSD, drug addiction, and more. Thank you for considering Like It Matters as one of your donation destinations. To help us help others, please donate today at likeitmatters.net slash nonprofit. That's likeitmatters.net slash nonprofit. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And today we've got a special guest, uh, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, David Yuzik attended the University of Stony Brook. David moved to Miami, became a 19-year veteran of the Vent Aventura Police Department, working as a uniformed, uh, uniformed road patrolman, undercover officer, and detective. David was awarded Officer of the Month on two separate occasions by his department and was recognized as Officer of the Month by the Dade County Chiefs Association. In 2017, David wrote and produced the critically acclaimed documentary, The Giant Killer, based on the epic life of his friend, Green Beret Captain Richard J. Flaherty. David's quest was to find the answers to his enigmatic friend's shadowy life and death. The documentary was awarded the People's Choice Award in the Silicon Beach Film Festival, Best Film in the UK Monthly Film Festival and was an official selection in the Rome International Film Festival and the Fort Lauderdale International Film Festival. After five years of research, David completed and released the nonfiction book, The Giant Killer. The book ran for weeks as an Amazon number one bestseller in Vietnam War biographies. Let's welcome back to Like It Matters Radio, Mr. David A. Yuzik. Again, David, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. No, it's my pleasure. Uh, Richard Flaherty. So here was a guy that you had met on your beat. I mean, what were your interactions? How did you first meet Richard? Do you remember? Yeah, I do. Um, I used to work an off-duty job in uniform, uh, the movie theater, 
would hire us to stand in the front of the movie theater and handle whatever situations came about. And, uh, you know, you couldn't miss Richard, uh, but because he was four foot nine, uh, he would come in every night and I would see him. And eventually, like relationships start to build, you make eye contact, you give a little head nod. Uh, he would he would be a regular at the movie theaters and maybe a year or two into it. He came out of the theater and saw a movie that I was interested in. I asked him, hey, what'd you think of the movie? And that's how our friendship started. Wow. Now, now, was he a, a person you had dealt with in, uh, criminally? I mean, was he under? Did you have to arrest him on a regular basis, or, or was it just someone that you crossed paths with on a regular basis? Yeah, n- n- no one in my police department ever arrested Richard or had any, you know, in uh, problems with Richard whatsoever. Uh, he, we would just interact with him because he he was homeless and he lived in our jurisdiction. So initially, I started seeing him in the mall. And when I say homeless, the one thing I just want to make clear is uh, Richard, um, very, uh, very uh, into his appearance and making sure his clothes were clean and his hair was cut. Um, But he was homeless. He lived under a tree. Uh, Some people have asked me over the years, but was he really homeless? Did he sort of have a place? No, he lived on the streets. Uh, He had a storage unit for some of his things, but he slept Mm. under a tree. Wow, wow, stunning. Now, did you know any, I, I, we're going to hear a lot about his life story. Did you know about his past before his uh, his death, or is this something that you uncovered in your research? No, actually, how the thing, how it all started was, so this relationship that I had with him for 15 years, and of course, throughout the years, I try to get him into some type of shelter and get him some sort of help. Mm-hmm. I didn't go too deep into it because you can just read people that they don't want to talk yep. about themselves or their issues. Mm-hmm. So um, our friendship was mostly, I would see him every other day and we would talk about news, jokes, and politics, um, try to get him his assistance, but he never told me anything about his life. He never told me, you know, wow. nor would I have believed it the story really starts yeah. <laughs> in the summer of 2015 when we, me and him started meeting for coffee and meeting for lunch when i'd see him and he was he had an exceptional view of the world you know i knew this was an extraordinary man even before he told me what he did just because of his views and his his understanding of the world and governments and politics that he would lecture me so I have this tiny homeless wow. man lecturing me on world <laughs> politics, and he would he would tell me things that were true. Like he would say, "This is going to happen. This government's going to switch." And and you know, I really knew I was talking to someone extraordinary, and I really enjoyed my time with him. But in the summer of 2015, over a sandwich in Subway, he turned to me and said, "Dave, it's time I tell you who I really am." Now, as a police officer. <laughs> That's a scary thing to hear from somebody you admire <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like, because where are we going from here? What is he about yeah. to tell me? But he said, look, I got to tell you, I was in the military. Uh, I'm believed to be the smallest man to ever serve at four foot nine. And uh, I be- went to Vietnam, became a uh, lieutenant with the 101st Airborne, then was a Green Beret. Uh, and the first thing and first thoughts that went through my, my mind were sadness. Because here is a person, once again, who I admire, I enjoy talking to, but this has to be delusional. There's no such thing. The world would have heard of a four foot nine Green Beret. It can't be possible. Yeah. 
So after he told me the story, you know, I, I didn't, one thing you do with people with, you know, with mental illnesses, you really don't go against there if they're not harming themselves, if that's what they need yeah. to get through the day, you go with it. So that's what I did. I just kind of went with it. Oh, that sounds great, Richard. And something just that night told me, let me look on the internet and see if there is such a thing. And I typed in his name and lo and behold, uh, from the 1967 picture of him in boot camp, smallest man in the military, wow. Richard running with his rifle. And I just, I was in shock because I am, I, for 15 years, I was friends with maybe one of the most unique people that I'll ever meet in my lifetime. And maybe most people who would ever, you know, have heard of some, of somebody doing the impossible Richard, what he did in his life. And I know your shows are a lot about inspiration. He did the impossible. Yeah. He did everything that people told him he couldn't do. He couldn't, the military didn't even want him. They, they, they turned him down. Every branch turned him down. He fought for years writing letters to congressmen and senators saying, give me a chance. Give me a chance to fight for my country. And finally, Senator Thomas, I think it was Thomas Dodd. I know his son was also a senator. Finally gave him a waiver to go into the military. And once he was there, no, nobody in the military wanted him. They're like, how can this guy help us in war? How can he carry me, you know? off a battlefield? How can he do his job? So over and over throughout his life, Richard Flaherty did the impossible. Wow. And this is a war that most didn't want to fight in. I mean, to this day, it's still, uh, you know, people are pretty hardcore against it or in favor of it, but it, it's brutal. I mean, I think uh, very little compares to how poorly we treated our vets when they returned from Vietnam, a war that I've talked to lots of Vietnam vets, a war that most of them didn't want to go to. They served their country. They wanted to honor their country. They wanted, went to a war that they didn't want to go to, and they did what their country told them to do, and yet they were spit upon. Uh, they were they were put down. They were ridiculed. Did he ever share any of that with you about his homecoming, what it was like? Did it scar him? Was it Was it traumatic? Did he ever share any of that? Well, just to jump backwards a little bit, I ran out of time with Richard. The most important thing I'm hoping all your listeners realize is we never know how much time we have with somebody. We always kind of assume it's forever. So after Richard told me his life story, the like ideas in my mind said, wow, I got I got to get his story out to the world, because at that point, it was the most incredible hero story. How did you go from there to being homeless? And maybe, you know, this is something people can learn from. So that's what the whole idea was at the time. I didn't know I only had two weeks left before he was going to uh, be killed. So I lost so much. I, you know, I could have done so much, but how would you know? I always thought he would be there. I saw him for 15 years. So um, unfortunately, he was killed in a, in a hit and run two weeks after he told me this. So we we met up for about a week where I would take notes, um, but a lot of the information on his life had to come from his friends, family members, uh, guys he served with in Vietnam. Plus, in his storage unit, he kept meticulous notes of things and letters. So that's where you know he left me all the breadcrumbs to learn everything about his life. So there are so many pieces and so many questions I would have had for him that I had to get from other people. And out of all the people in the world, Richard was the most secretive. He, he had, there was so many little areas of his life that he, he kept 
And a lot of it had to do because he did so much covert work throughout his life. So he, a lot of it he kept secret as he used to keeping things secret. But it's so cool that I did not realize that you started this journey while he was still alive. After everything I was reading, I just assumed that this began after you had lost him. So something had moved you already. You saw that this there's something special here. And so you had two weeks before his death, not knowing he was going to die, that you actually started this process of the research. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. One thing he – so, so uh, let's go back. He tells me the thing in the sandwich shop. I look it up. I go see him the next day with a big smile on my face. And he, he knew. He laughed. He said, you didn't believe me, did you? I was like, no, I'm sorry, Richard. So that's when I said, Richard, I don't know how – what form of media. I'm not a, I'm a cop. How I'm going to get your story out to the world. But can I try to get your story out to the world? He said, yeah, but two things. You know, he gave me two things. Th- I'm sorry. There were three things he made me promise. And <laughs> he, I remember this conversation. Um, he said – one, once you begin this project, you have to complete it. You have to give me a word that you will finish this thing no matter what. Two, he didn't want me looking into this undercover operation he did with the ATF in the 80s. When I asked him at the time, he said, because it would be bad for your career and dangerous for my health. And three, he said, if this is ever uh, made into a feature film movie, Brad Pitt has to play me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I said, hey, Richard, I, I do the best I can. Yeah, I and, can't you know, promise that I, third one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if Brad Pitt's going to be playing you, but I'll try, you know. That's funny. Well, stay with us. We're going to a hard break, and uh, we're talking with David Yuzik, and uh, we're talking about the movie Giant Killer and the book he wrote about a great man. We'll be back in three minutes. He's got tremendous moxie for his size. construction business constructing memories relationships new ideas and a legacy that will outlive us life is best imagined as a construction project at like it matters we craft tools and teach you how to use them mr black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream one of those tools is individual life counseling the best analogy is a life caddy because sometimes you just need another set of eyes a second tool books by mr black always opening up your mind Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Limitless access to liberty and truth. Listen to Freedom 1570 with our free app, your smart speaker at freedom1570.com or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and defend liberty nationwide. Has your water heater decided to create one of Minnesota's 10,000 lakes in your basement? Have a burst pipe? Dripping faucet? Is your water not soft anymore? Champion Plumbing is a call away. Champion will be there fast in your time of need. They service the entire metro area, and they're taking all the necessary precautions to keep you and your household safe. A champion is someone who goes the extra mile to get the job done, and that's Champion Plumbing. Online at championplumbing.net. When you call, make sure you tell them the Patriots sent you. 
Join the Freedom Insider Club, and you could win a copy of our December Regnery Book of the Month, The Price of Panic, How the Tyranny of Experts Turned a Pandemic into a Catastrophe, by Douglas Axe. Sign up at freedom1570.com. When I attended the Leadership Awakening Workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Black, and we are back for our last segment. And today, we are blessed to be talking with David Yuzik, who wrote a great movie, uh, about a real-life man, a real-life hero. It's called The Giant Killer, and now it's also in book form as well. Hey, again, David, thank you so much for joining us. I want to know, what was it like? Because uh, you have no movie background. What was it like? I mean, you wrote the movie, you produced the movie. I mean, what was that whole experience like? It, um, it was like climbing a mountain, and you keep thinking you hit the peak, and you... And then all of a sudden, oh, 10 more feet to climb. Um, it, it's, it's a very difficult part process. There's a lot of hurdles. Uh, you can make films, um, but how do you get them distributed? There, there's so many things yeah. that you have to learn on the job. <clears throat> but, you know, any noble task is going to be super, super difficult. And, you know, with great uh, work comes great re- reward. Amen, amen. Let me ask you: Was it was it tougher doing the movie or the book? Uh, I, I would say the movie because th- there's so many, you know, there's so many aspects of things of the technical aspects that I, I just would have would have had no clue um, the learning curve. With the book, uh, I just told the story as I told the story. I just told the story as I saw it. the uh, The only difference is the movie we came out with in 2018. And after the movie came out, more people came forward to fill in. There were so many holes and gaps in Richard's life because he was so mysterious that more people came out and helped me fill in some of these gaps saying, hey, I saw your movie. I knew Richard. I knew what what he was doing in this country. So uh, I feel like, you know, people ask me, what do you do? Do you watch the book? I mean, do you read the book or watch the movie first? (laughs) I'm always always a read the book first because I'm always curious to see what the people actually look like that I just read about. And, you know, cause the book yeah. has a lot of the guys from the 101st airborne and the third special forces group, the green berets that serve with Richard and all those guys are heroes. And I just, the, the other thing I want to, there's so many millions of lessons. This whole thing taught me is you, you never understand where journey is going to take you, but don't be afraid to to go on the journey because 
my life has changed so much from meeting this tiny homeless man, talking to him. I heard some of your stuff on the show before where you talk about, you know, uh, people in the shadows. Thousands of people walk by Richard Flaherty every day as he sat on his yeah. little park benches and nobody talked to him. This is the most interesting human being on the earth. We see people on YouTube and on videos and we're like, wow, I would love to meet them. There's a more important person right now at the gas station standing outside. There's this human beings out there with incredible life stories. Talk to them. Uh, I'm not saying all oh, it's always going to be a great encounter, but say hello, talk yeah. to them. Uh, you'll never know what you're going to find. Well, and the Bible talks about, you know, we're, we're entertaining angels without knowing it. Uh, you know, and there's people that God puts in our life. I'm a man of God. It's not a Christian show or a religious show, but I'm a man of God first and foremost. And that's a living, breathing human being. You know, God's not a respecter of persons. Uh, and we've all been down and out, like you said. We've all had struggles. Uh, and, man, there are times that if people saw me in that one instance, they would not be impressed. And so we all have our highs. We all have our lows. But we, we need to start treating people like God's children. That's a living, breathing human being who has fears and desires, who wants to love and be loved, who, who wants to provide for their family. Hey, do you know, I assume that uh, uh, he struggled with some uh, uh, PTSD or some trauma from his military time. Were you, were you aware of that, or is that true? Yeah, that, that, that's 100%. Uh, in the documentary, I interviewed a manager of, um, of a local supermarket, that sadly uh, used to see Richard having uh, night terror dreams in the middle of the night when he'd walk out to his car. Sometimes Richard would be in a full-out fight screaming, and he'd be um, he, he'd be sleeping under his tree. Uh, I do have all the, the records and notes. He was trying to get help from the VA for his PTSD. Um, sometimes the VA does great things, and sometimes they don't. I think they could have given Richard some more help, but... You know, um, he, he struggled with it. Uh, he certainly, you know, the, the number one question I get asked all the time is, why was he homeless? And the answer I have to say is it's as complex as the man, but certainly PTSD. And now we could even add in a new element is uh, traumatic brain injuries. Richard was blown up numerous times. He, he you know, he, he was, so we don't know what damage that did to his brain, you know, on top of the PTSD. So uh, our warriors need the, you know, as much help as we possibly can early on. You know, if we're going to send our yeah. brothers or sisters or cousins to war, we need to take care of them when they come home. I think they say if you send them, we have to mend them. So early intervention, one of the things I wanted to explore with this journey was about PTSD and why some people were able to handle it a little bit better. And they all had an anchor, and it's either faith, friends, or family, but you need that anchor to keep you um, focused or help you stay on, you know, keep the train on the tracks. And a lot of times it's just, you know, veterans going to groups and speaking with other veterans, but early intervention is, is super important. What you're talking about is Dr. Victor Frankel's work with called Logotherapy, where man has a will to meaning. And that's how he made it through Auschwitz. You know, they had to have something to look forward to, some reason 
to get through the hell that you're going through. Uh, and that's why he said friends, family, or, or whatever that is, something that drives you. But there's so many, and we can see that a lot with police officers. And we experience things and see things and go through traumas that I don't think the human brain was ever intended to. Uh, and uh, our brain is a sensory-based organ. So every single memory we have is stored in the five senses. We either something we saw, something we heard, something we felt, something we smelled, something we tasted. That's the five coordinates of all experience. Every single memory we have is stored in the five senses. And what PTSD does, it's the unconscious mind. What it's doing is it's running the movie uh, over and over and over. It's like on a forever loop. And just like if I was to either watch The Passion of Christ today or watch Old Yeller or Where the Red Fern Grows, I've seen it lots of times, there's going to bring tears in my eyes. Uh, I, I'm a big softy. I, I watch Moana uh, cartoon at the very end every time I have tears. I get tears. Now, I know what's happening. I know it's a cartoon. I know it's not real. But yet we're unconscious creatures. And so if you're going to make any lasting change, you must follow the rules of the unconscious brain. And, and that's where PTSD affects people so deeply is because it's, it's happening in the unconscious brain. And consciously, people are wanting to stop it or fix it. But you actually got to go and follow the rules of the unconscious brain if you're going to change that. And this is, this is my forte. That's what I do uh, in, with my work in neurolinguistic programming. But just stunning. And w- would you say that's your biggest lesson that you learned from this whole thing, uh, that there are people out there? That people that we pass on a regular basis uh, that are special people, that are unique people, and that everybody deserves an opportunity to, to, to get to know them. I mean, if you had to pick your biggest lesson from this whole ordeal, what would that be? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm so torn between that and the inspiration of man can almost accomplish anything if they put their mind to it. Um, mm. Wow. I would say it's about 50-50 that, that, you know, you have to cherish every human being. <clears throat> but also when I think about these times, and these are obviously we're going through some dark times as a nation, I like to yeah. think of the inspiration of Richard Flaherty and, you know, how what he would have thought of these times um, and how, you know, he, he could have been an inspiration and saying, you know, we're going to get through this. Uh, there's something that when I, what happened in Richard's life, over and over and over for various different reasons, and I don't want to go too deep into it, but he was let down by his government. The first time it was called the RIF, the reduction in force. When he got back from Vietnam, they were reducing the size of the military, and the officers didn't get their contracts renewed. So Richard was basically kicked out of the military along with other officers. There was ongoing disappointment with the government his whole life, but the most important thing is, Richard Flaherty never, with all those disappointments, gave up on America or the dream of America or the, the, the visions of America. And it's mm. as we're going through these dark times, I hope people would realize that, you know, believe in America, believe that we're going to rebound and, and things are going to get better. Well, that's a great ending, great ending. Hey, uh, how do they get a hold of the book? I assume Amazon and the movies available uh, in so many formats, right? That's correct. Yeah, so, so the book, you can get it as a paperback, an ebook, or an audio book. Those are all through Amazon and a few other carriers of the movie. We, we just made a little change to it because we, we had so many people send us in pictures. We knew we had to put all the new pictures in the new documentary, so we did a, a new cut of it. 
We now call it Finding Flaherty, the giant killer. Okay. So that's the newest version with all the newer pictures. We Somebody sent us pictures of him in boot camp, and uh, it's shocking to see him. He's so small. Awesome. But, uh, well, yep. Thank you so much, David. We're getting ready to go to a hard break. God bless you, and uh, you are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you when you live your life like it matters. It does. Hi, everybody. This is Dennis Prager. I'm headed back to Israel in October 2021 for a 10-day Stand With Israel tour of the key sites and best places meant to give you an unprecedented view of a world you've likely only read or heard about. Come home inspired, renewed, and empowered by the experience. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your opportunity. Come with me in 2021 by calling 855-565-5519 or book online at standwithisraeltour.com. In a lawsuit, a little extra liability protection can go a long way. Call Pamela McCarthy, agent at the Pam McCarthy Agency, Inc. A personal liability umbrella policy from American Family Insurance offers a million dollars or more of coverage over and above the limits of your auto and home policies. And it's affordable. For details, contact Pamela McCarthy, agent at the Pam McCarthy Agency, Inc. Call 651-460-3333. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin, 53783. Ringing Liberty 